You can support Geek Therapy and gain access to exclusive content by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash geektherapy. Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Network. Here at Geek Therapy, we believe that the best way to understand each other and ourselves is through the media we care about. My name is Osai Cardona, and I'm joined by Lara Taylor. Hey! And Lynn Keller. Hey! Lara, it, we're still in the middle of a uh, pandemic. We are. We are. Um, it's your turn. I think you've got something kind of relevant. How could it be my turn? It was just my turn yesterday. No. No. <laughs> It feels like that though during these times. What is time? Time goes by very. What? Quickly. Yeah. What is time? <laughs> what? What is time? It's it's March. It's still March. What year? How is it? What year though? <sighs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's twenty twenty five by now. So what? What have you been up to, Lara? Well, it is convention season, and uh, is it? Though? That is my. F- it is. It is my favorite time of year, and this year is a little weird and a little different. Um, I've been to a lot of online conventions, um, both professional psychology conventions and gaming conventions and comic conventions, and it's it's all weird and interesting and also fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Which ones have you? Which ones have you been to? So, um, right when the pandemic started in the U.S., at least, uh, I went to uh, the New England Graphic Medicine Conference. This was more of an academic conference, but it was about comics mm-hmm. and and medicine and how it can work together, including mental health. Yeah. yeah. That was actually really cool. They made the transition to online very smoothly. uh, And it was like only a few weeks after uh, like states started doing shelter in place. So that was cool. Um, I've also been to the queer comics expo, uh, comic con at home and Gen con most recently. Uh, Yeah, all very different experiences. Link, have you have you gone to any conferences or anything like that? I mm-hmm. have not. Yeah. I've signed up for what feels like a million events. I've attended three, maybe. <laughs> they come up all the time and yeah, I've I have I intend to see them and I mostly if there's an archive of them, I'll I'll watch them later. But I, yeah, I haven't, haven't, I signed up for Comic-Con. I signed up for Gen Con. Um, I did attend a work thing. It was a, like a diversity and inclusion um, conference having to do with like higher education or something like that. That thing was four days long. I remember we did a debrief at work and I was like, that was 12 hours over the course of, or it was like 12 hours. Was it three hours every day? Yeah. It was like 12 hours. And that felt, that was that was long. Um, I, I don't. How how many hours of programming were there at Comic Con and Gen Con? Do you know? Are we talking like the actual hours that things took place during, or are we talking like, like total if number. you watched back to back? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So most panels for for Comic Con at home panels had to be 
um, between 45 minutes and an hour. And there were over 300 panels. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> Gen Con, probably about the same, but Gen Con also had stuff that you had to be there live for. Um, there really? were uh, gaming events, just like they would have in person. Um, it was, it was, so there was a lot. A well, lot. a lot of those panels... Um, like the 300 panels you mentioned for Comic-Con, were they, were they pre-recorded or were they... All, all of the ones for Comic-Con... And this is one of the differences that I kind of wanted to talk about. So Comic-Con at Home did a... a um, it was all pre-recorded. Okay. Like probably Comic-Con at Home was in July. They were recorded, I think, in May uh, was the deadline. There was a deadline in May or early June. So... It, you kind of lost that interaction with the panelists. You lost that live current event kind of feeling um, and, and the community that comes with being at a convention and being able to connect with the people around you. Um, we've talked about in the past about Comic-Con. It's like being with your people. This really felt like I was in my home just watching YouTube. Which is essentially what all of the panels were on YouTube. Okay. Um, and none of them were live. Hmm. Um, I got really excited that I was going to finally be able to see the Eisners. Um, and that panel was sad. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a very dry reading of the category and the winner. Category and the winner. Um, yeah. Yeah. But you, who, who did you say? Was it Phil Lamar? You told me Phil Lamar, yeah, Phil Lamar. And normally he's like a animated guy. It was yeah. just very, yeah, it was very interesting. Um, whereas you get other models where it's um, graphic medicine, their panels were like webinars, so kind of like the ones you've done with uh, Let's Play Therapy Institute, mm -hmm. where you can you have the person presenting or the panelists presenting, and you can do Q&A through chat. Um, and that gave some sense of community, and that that was great. Um, Gen Con did a different kind of thing where, okay, so Comic Con, you could go and watch any of the panels anytime you wanted. They released them at certain times throughout the day, kind of like they would have panels at certain blocks of time during the, the live convention. Um Gen Con, you bought tickets, bought tickets, quote unquote. Most of the events were free. There were some that were paid. Um, I only paid for one thing, and that was the D20 Dames live broadcast. Um, but each group of panelists picked the format that they wanted. So some people it was YouTube Live. Some people it was Twitch. Some people it was Twitch and Discord um, at the same time. Some people, it was, um, what's another one? Zoom. Uh, and z Zoom, the one that we're looking at each other's faces on right now. Um, so there's a whole bunch of different platforms that people could use. Um, they talked about Roll20 um, for the game stuff, Tabletopia. Um, there was a platform for playtesting games. Um, it was very different different 
And they had a giant Discord they created with all these channels, more channels than we have in our Geek Therapy Discord. Is that is that true? No way. I'll I'll count after and I will correct myself <laughs> on the forum if I have to. Um but they they built this sense of community still. And people could like get pickup games just like they would in the convention center and be like, hey, I want to do this game. Who who's available to play? It seemed like it was active. They still did their live dance parties that they do at the convention. Um, they had a puppet show and karaoke. It was they still did a lot of the things that would they would normally do. Um, and then QCE, which happened in May, which Nina and Jessica from Queer Comics Podcast ran. Um, it was very different. Streamed both days all on Twitch all day. Um, very interactive with the chat. They had a Discord. Um, I think the best thing from Comic-Con at home was their the way they did the um, the Exhibitor Hall. Uh, they so <laughs> So the Exhibitor Hall, they had the map uh, that you would have at San Diego Comic-Con. Like if you actually went into the convention center and same as it would have been uh, if we went in person. You could zoom in and click on the different booths and it would pop up with their store and what their exclusives were and what they had for sale. Um, I still managed to get myself a com few Comic-Con exclusives this year. Uh, nice. It was very nice. Um, without going overboard because I wasn't there walking the halls like, oh, I need this and this and this and this. Um, getting up at 7 a.m. to line up. Getting up at 7 I get have a wristband. not. Yeah, no, no, didn't have to do that. Um, I don't know. It, it's very different. Some people were saying that, say, a big convention like Comic-Con at home was not a success. I've seen several articles about that. I would argue that, okay, so the big things, Marvel wasn't there. DC's got their own thing going on. Fandom. Fandom. It's this weekend, right? Is it this weekend? I think so. I think yeah, so. Yeah. Um. So all those big Things weren't really there, <clears throat> but the smaller panels, um, there was one that I watched that was some local Bay Area artists talking about their creative process during Shelter in Place, um, and they, their panel that would normally probably get, hmm, what, maybe 50 people in the room, mm -hmm. had over 1,200 Views? No. Yeah, 1,200 views. Yeah. So 1,200 views. Like 1,200 people live? Not live, but it's had 1,200 views over got it, time. Got it, got it. Okay. Because it, it, at Comic-Con, you're only able to see it for that one hour, a lot of the smaller panels, because yeah. they don't broadcast those live. Yeah, yeah. Um, over the court, you could watch it. I think they just took some of the panels down. So you could watch it from July to the the beginning of August. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, like we've we've been to Comic-Con, right? I've presented yeah. at at San Diego Comic-Con in rooms that fit, I don't know, like 400 people maybe maximum, right? Like like we've done panels at different places where people had to like people were left outside because they couldn't come inside. Mm -hmm. So you're limited by that and then you're also limited like you said, like at that one time, right? If it, like we've recorded some of our panels, and like the first Geek Therapy panel we did um, is on this feed, 
because mm-hmm. we recorded it. But not everybody goes in and records their their panel. No. And oh, I once did a panel at Comic Con at San Diego Comic Con with Patrick O'Connor, and um, oh, I'm tired, so my my names are blanking, but uh, irredeemable. And um, Mark Wade. Mark Wade. Mark I Wade. was there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I recorded it, and I lost the recording. That's just a. Of course you did. Just a sad. Um, I think I like I, I I messed up the file somehow. Um, but it was, yeah. But but it's it's one of those things where it's like for that one for example. I love that panel. For like personally, it was like bucket list item kind of thing. But oh, yeah, like that that one wasn't full, right? Like it wasn't a packed room, and. But having it in the format like this, where more people could have could have come to see it, would have been, yeah, would have been would have been cool. I don't know, I don't know. Um, but yeah, like those are definitely there are definitely adv- some advantages to that, right? Where there's like the flexibility, accessibility. It, mm-hmm. it was a hell of a lot cheaper to go to Comic Con at home, right? Than oh yeah, it was free. <laughs> Everybody got free badges. Gen Con online was free, um, yeah. and. I, I liked that they still made it an experience. Their exhibit hall was similar. They called it the looking glass. Hmm. Uh, it wasn't like a map laid out like San Diego Comic-Con, but like, it, and you could still look at it. Um, and they have the looking glass up through the end of August. Um, so you, it's got this like background and different icons that you can like search through and wade through to kind of like, sim- it's supposed to simulate the experience of walking through the halls. Yeah. I don't know if it actually does that, but it is more like self-discovery of, oh, what's this over here and what's that mm. over there? Mm. Um, so that was cool. I liked that the panels were live and you could have interaction with the panelists and ask questions. Um, that was great. It it made it feel less like TV. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for um, actually, I was just talking to Woody Harris about this. Where we're talking about like after you do a certain number of panels, and I feel the same way about even just going to shows. Like I, like I sometimes I'm like I think I'm done for a while. Like I think I've gone to too many shows. I need I need to take a break. Um, not everybody has that experience, right? Where they go to so many different um, shows, but like there were some years where I was going to like San Diego Comic Con and New York Comic Con, and then stuff in between, right? It's like it's a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And so we were talking about like like. Why am I? Why am I like doing these panels? Why am I doing this kind of stuff? I don't know. But uh, but sometimes I would feel down about going to an event, and I'd be like, you know, I'm not gonna go. And I had a friend who would be like, just remember, if you hadn't gone, like you might meet your next Lara Taylor at, at mm-hmm. one of these things, right? And then that always motivated me to go. But I was just thinking, you and I, we could have still met like this. Like we could still be friends, like we are now, even if we had done a panel online because you and i didn't speak at that right event. i would have seen i would have seen you you would have seen it your wife still would have reached out to me on twitter right and we we would have contacted each other mm-hmm. like we still built a friendship and a connection and like like but without have, a panel without any panel it um, wouldn't have happened <laughs> right 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 but i'm saying yeah i'm saying like if i would have done the panel online because before when you were speaking i was like oh but like there are advantages, but like we wouldn't be friends. But like we we could have because 
you still had the, you, you were still it, in the audience, right? You would have mm-hmm. still been in the audience. I and still would have went and connected. talked to Nina about it. And then, yeah, yeah exactly. Cause she wasn't at that panel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There've been other panels where she's been like, you should go talk to that person. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and she does it as she, she's like, we're going to go talk to that person. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's how we met Jessica. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. One thing that was, so going into the Gen Con, discord which they've decided to keep up all year round as a way of built keeping community and i'd never been to gen con in person so this was an opportunity for me because it's usually right after comic con i can't justify going from comic con where my feet feel like they're about to fall off (laughs) and i'm exhausted to going back to work for a few days and then flying out to indiana i can't justify it (laughs) um yeah. But this was this was great to be able to try it. Their Discord was a little intimidating for me. I didn't really talk. I didn't talk to anybody. I didn't mm. interact really um, because I didn't know anybody. Um, yeah. yeah. But I think now that I've been there and I can lurk, we get we get lurkers in the in in our Discord, and that's cool. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. As long as you get something from it. Um, yeah. So that's been my kind of experience with with that um with with the way that's set up yeah like i mean for me there are so many advantages to it again i i I would have gone to comic-con more often or san diego comic-con more often if it wasn't i've been three times yeah yeah twice with me yeah and once when we met (laughs) yeah yeah so three times and every time it was like it was so expensive it was it was the the plane ride. I mean, and thanks to you and 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 other people, it was. I was always able to keep cost down because like we shared, we shared, um, we shared hotel rooms. Like you let me stay at your place. You said, give me a ride. Like there were there were all these right. things. You paid for like a tank of gas, and we ate peanut butter and jelly every day for lunch. Yeah, yeah. Like we make <laughs> and it work. Splurge but, on dinner, right? Like yeah. But I was yeah. still crossing the country, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I I guess. I don't know if I flew from Puerto Rico ever to, I think I did. Yeah. I think that was from Puerto Rico that time. Yeah. 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 That's an expensive flight. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so that, um, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a huge cost to it. And, and so I, I love the idea of it being accessible to more people. Well, and I really love, yes, accessible to more people, not just cost wise, but time and uh, of just ability wise, like, there's only so many tickets to Comic-Con and they're pretty much all gone in what, like five minutes? Yeah. So anybody could watch their YouTube channel and and see the panels from anywhere. Um, yeah. It doesn't matter if you can make it to San Diego or not. Yeah. Uh, Actually, that's a good Gen point. I, I said I would have gone more often if I were closer or wasn't so expensive, but that's not true. Um, there were years that I couldn't, I didn't go because I couldn't get a ticket. Now you got the hookup. Now I'm not but, you know, <laughs> but like, but like for a long time, it was like I only went because I I was on a panel, so I, I I had a ticket, I had access. If they if they made me, yeah, like if it didn't include access to the show, I wouldn't have gone just to mm-hmm. just to do a panel. But yeah, but I I love the accessibility part of it. Um, schools and universities now they're talking about different models on how to do this kind of thing, and mm-hmm. I don't know, like one. I don't, I don't think, I think that the experience of being there is unique, right? Right. 
I don't think that the online version is better, but I do wish that the that more panels were recorded and mm-hmm. or broadcast live so more people could experience it. That would be that would be great. Even if not live, right. maybe like the hour yeah. after, you know, so people could could see it. I get the appeal of like no 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 like you have to like if you paid maybe all this next money next day or something. Yeah, 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 but like <laughs> you paid all this money, you get to see it live and then everyone else can see it like an hour later or something like that. And some could be like there were times when we were at San Diego where I was just like watching feeds, Twitter feeds of people because we were, couldn't get into Hall H. Yeah, 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 of <laughs> Hall H and like looking at the announcements and like videos of people recording or, or live streaming. And uh, yeah, I would love like an official version of that. That would be that would be great. It's like that's one of those things that I hope sticks around. But I'm really excited to see that idea of of community building. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that was difficult for me, so different experiences, different conventions, right? Yeah. Um, QCE is something that Nina has been doing for years, and like the queer the community comics, was there the queer comics expo. expo, like being able to get to talk to my friends in the chat on Twitch and that kind of thing, and and see my friends talk on panels, that was great. San Diego Comic Con or Comic Con at home. That's like coming home to like a a camp or a family reunion. Everybody comes together. And it felt so different this year um, because we weren't talking to each other live. There was no chat. There was no. So I felt like I was I was sad. I was missing. And and Nina had a hard time, too. She was missing her friends and missing that experience. Um, Luckily, the Cartoon Art Museum where she works was doing a -a sketch-a-thon with live artists doing sketches as a fundraiser, which is what they normally do at their booth. Um, But they were doing it on Facebook Live. Uh, So there was some of that experience, and I got to overhear some of it. But another thing was, when San Diego's in person, I take the week off. I don't work. I had to work the whole time. So now I have like 20 hours of panels that I want to watch. What am I going to watch 20 hours of panels because I have to work? That's true because um, you just didn't take the time off. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Um, the six so, days you usually take off for Comic-Con. <laughs> yeah, the six days I take off for Comic-Con. Um, <laughs> and my professional organization, the California Association of Marriage and Family Therapists, just announced their they, – so they canceled their live in-person uh, conference, which I have never been to. I wanted to go to. It is expensive. Um, every other year it goes like Southern California, Northern California. So I was going to do Northern California. So it would be cheaper. Um, but it's normally like, I think like 400 bucks for the whole weekend. They're doing an online one that is only costing me a hundred dollars. That gives me all the hours I need to get my license renewed. (laughs) Um, all online, some stuff is going to be recorded. Some stuff's going to be live. Some stuff's pre-recorded. So they're trying to make things accessible to people that way too. Yeah. So I don't know. I I don't know how I feel about all of it. I like the community. I like being in person. I like that we're doing what we can. I think there are different ways of doing it, and I think maybe there's a a like a Comic Con at home is just so. I think I was excited about Gen Con because it was something new that I'd never done. And Comic-Con, I was sad because I I miss my friends. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a distinction between something that you've already experienced, like, in person. Mm-hmm. And then you have all of 
all of those expectations built in from that experience and then having it change so drastically versus, you know, online is the way that you experience it for the first time. But I mean, it's, it's not new to have online conferences like this, but Mm. it is when compared to in-person conferences and get-togethers of that breadth we don't have as much experience doing this stuff so it's still like a huge learning curve that we're all kind of going on together right now is trying to figure out how to make this socially distant social experiences still feel social Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i was thinking about one of my one of my favorite comic-con memories from the last time was link you and i were I don't remember where we were and we were like walking around and it, we're so exhausted. Like we just wanted to like have a seat and then we like, and that was like on day two. <laughs> yeah. 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 So we like sat like in the middle of a hallway somewhere. And I was like, look, there's a, there's a ballroom over here. I think it was ballroom 23. Is that a thing? Right. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, 23 is not the big, big one. Yeah. But it's, it's the, one of them. Yeah. 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 So I was like, Oh, let's, let's check out over here. And then you just like lay down on the, on the chairs <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. it was like it was just just wanted the air conditioning and the seating and it ended up being one of the coolest panels i went to all all um comic-con and then i stayed there for for like there was a Mega Man panel that it was what i really wanted to go to which was after like it was it was again it was like the randomness of it the mm-hmm. just the story the laughing the exhaustion yeah. like it was all that stuff that yeah i get it like you can't have that in a in a in a in a in an online event Right, um, it has to be pretty intentional when you're when you're online. Yeah. Like you're choosing what links to click on and you're yeah. choosing where you're spending your time. Yeah. Rather than just walking around and being like, "Oh, yeah. Here's this thing." Yeah. In in yeah. some ways it's kind of cool because then you you don't have to worry about, you know, missing one thing to go see something else that you want to see. You can you can ac- actively choose all of the stuff that you want to see, but the problem is is that Maybe not a problem, but the the side effect of that is is you lose all of that sort of impulsive like let's just see what that is aspect yeah. and and like you know walking down a hallway and seeing a herd of people go into one room and you're like well now I want to see what that herd of people is doing yeah, yeah. so let's <laughs> let's follow and yeah. and that stuff doesn't happen as much when you're in an online space when you don't have that physicality of like you are walking around and things appear in front of you or you're like you can choose to give it your attention or not when you're online yeah. it is very much like did you click on the link or not yeah even when you even even though i like try to plan out my my comic con experience i'm like this is what i'm doing like on the way from one to the other right so many things can happen you can change your mind or that one was full yeah. and now i can't go there i had to pee so i left and <laughs> and i saw a friend or i met somebody new or i saw this crazy cosplay or but, I had um, this were, chance to get in line for some game or whatever it was yeah, they yeah, were yeah. handing out free steven universe pens so i had to go back <laughs> over to the hallway times. Time. Oh, time. <laughs> <laughs> one more time um, one more bag, one more yeah. pin set. <laughs> I mean, you you got disconnected for a bit, Lincoln, and, and I was telling Lara that the way we met was at at like the first geek therapy panel at, at San Diego Comic Con, mm-hmm. but we didn't speak there. We connected later, days mm-hmm. later on Twitter. So I think that there's still uh, you can still have intentional 
community and intentional experiences through online um, experiences like this, you just can't have those spontaneous mm-hmm, random mm-hmm. things that uh, it's they're less likely to happen. And for someone like me who is very socially like awkward when it comes to meeting new people and having spontaneous things, I need to have the person next to me doing those things for me. And like we <laughs> talked about earlier, like sometimes that can happen. But it is much harder for me to come into an, I think, into an internet space mm-hmm. and be like, hi, everybody, when there's like thousands. The the Gen Con uh, Discord has 7,000 people on it. Um, that's intimidating to me. <laughs> so yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily do that. But in a in a convention, there's smaller groups of people all over the place. And I can be like, oh, I'm going to go here and go see what these people are doing and, and yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. The uh, Something I was thinking is that I hope that the idea of making all of these shows more accessible, mm-hmm. even if I have to pay, even if I have to pay like 150 bucks to watch, you know, to, to do Comic-Con from home, I'd probably do it. I'd probably pay $200. Um, maybe, I don't know if I'd pay $200. I don't know. I, there's there's, there's a limit. It, so badges for in-person are up to about almost 300, I think 300 for the whole week. I think they're so like 360. I would 360. not pay 200. No, no, they're like 360. 360? Yeah, yeah, for all four days. Yeah, yeah. For uh, for Comic Con, uh, including uh, like if because it was if, it was two seventy last year. Was it? I thought yeah. it was more than that. But okay, you you would know better than me. But it's it's pretty expensive, right? Although I wouldn't know because I don't have to pay this year. So yeah, I was going to say I think I think last year the when I saw it online the um, tickets were two ninety five. But I'm not oh maybe maybe about you're that. right you're right I okay. think I'm thinking of two years ago. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So like two ninety. So now it's probably up to three. Probably not three sixty, but probably three something. But I still wouldn't have to pay a thousand dollars to fly over there, which is right? which is <laughs> the big the big thing for mm-hmm. me, and the hotel and all of the other stuff. So I mean, there's a there's a benefit to that, but I would only pay that if it was to get a view of the live experience there, mm-hmm. because. Not the, the recordings. The, right, right, right. The, well, the recordings of people from their houses is the thing, like in mm-hmm. Zooms like this, is is different than seeing the panel with everybody there and like the the fact that there's a production team and there's proper lighting mm-hmm. and, and audio and someone's queuing up videos and stuff. Right? Like it's way more, uh, it feels more, um, not just professional, but uh, what's the word? Like it feels... Real? <laughs> no, I mean it feels. I don't know. There's something about like just people in their houses, right? And they're in like on their on their laptop webcam or on their phone doing something versus the the feel of the event, the, the quality. There's like a, there's like a yeah. different quality to it. Um, Dude, not I that mean, the content there's... has to be of lesser quality, but there's something about the presentation of it. Yeah, I mean, there's something. In, in like one way, it's like more intimate because you get to see people in their home. But then on the other hand, it doesn't feel the same way because when you're going to a talk and they have them up on a stage or 
an elevated platform yeah. and they've got, you know, a tablecloth on the table and they've got the fancy little microphones and everybody and has their water. own water bottle <laughs> and all of that stuff adds to this sort of professional aspect, this sort of like, these are experts and that's why we're here to listen to them in the first place is because there's this a- aspect of expertise we are interested in learning from or hearing about. And when you lose that, it's like they haven't necessarily changed in any way, but there is something in our perception is like maybe this isn't as important because it's more casual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's there's something. There's something about it. Um, yeah, that's what I'm just like. I'd, I'd pay for, <laughs> for something that <laughs> felt like uh, slightly higher quality. Um, one, one event this year that I really, really, so, so I, for all these reasons of like the, the production quality, the lack of like, just, it's an approximation of the experience, right? Like, like not even, I don't, I don't think it's really close even, right? doesn't matter how hard we try, at least on this first pass, right? We're still learning how to do this, but E3 is, is like my Christmas every Mm -hmm. year. And I've never been to E3, but E3 has always done a great job of feeling like having <laughs> these huge events and and their broadcast and their the production qualities through the roof and even though there are live events there's so much going on there's news and there's announcements and there's like this energy to it that from home i could i've i've always felt like i was a part of it and I then think, hmm? i think part of that is is a distinction in in the, the focus of the conventions themselves, right? Comic-Con is in of itself for fans, right? Versus E3 was very much more on the industry side that has opened up to be more available to to fans and players and everything, but it was very much intended for in-industry people to communicate with each other. So it makes sense that that would shift into an online forum more easily because most people were already kind of excluded from the in-person experience. Mm-hmm. That that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think I think it does. Because um, yeah, like you weren't allowed in anyway, but we wanted to include you, right? There was there was this in- inclusiveness mm-hmm. um, that built in over time, and so I, f- I felt like a part of it. I loved it. But this year was already going to be different because like Sony wasn't going to be there and all this stuff. And then the moment it was like, okay, E three is canceled, all of these events started. Like came out of it, and then it became summer of gaming, and it's just been it's mm-hmm. just it's just sucked so much. It's just my favorite like three or four days of the year every year have become this slog of just a video here, uh, a a crappy mm-hmm. web conference there, um, and and even like Nintendo directs, which which a few years ago Nintendo was like, we're not even going to E three, uh, we're not going to do a live show, we're just going to put a video out. But those videos were highly produced mm-hmm. and they were just they were just fun and then they premiered them live and everybody's experiencing it for the first time and everybody's reacting to it like there's something about that um you can still make an event out of something like that mm-hmm. and we're enthusiasts right we're we're enthusiasts about this kind of stuff and there's still that, that excitement and that energy and there was never I never especially when <laughs> those things started being recorded you could never go to a Nintendo event because they don't, they literally don't exist anymore. They translated to being online. So going from 
E3s moving in that direction, being such a big part of it, and then having all of these other events that when they were forced to do it because they didn't want to, that's the other thing, right? Like everybody's going online and doing these online events um, against their will. So many of them suck. Like they are just so <laughs> bad, right? But like you had when when Sony, Sony didn't do E3, but they did their PS5 reveal a couple of weeks ago. And it was so like it was that was like movie mm-hmm. level production. It was like so cool. Like they were teasing the system throughout it, and then at the end of it, like it showed it. There were surprises. People were reacting. People were streaming on Twitch live reactions. We we on Twitch were reacting to it mm-hmm. um, together. On I was going to say that's one of the things about we talk about community and feeling part of it. Being able, yeah. we've been streaming on Twitch and and having the community have chat yeah. uh, for the last few years for E3, and it's made it feel more like i'm part of it i'm hyped up with people that yeah. i care about and i know yeah. um and so that was good to do that for the sony reveal this yeah. year until jessica um, hijacked it until jessica hijacked <laughs> it with her horizon zero dawn <laughs> i love that game but she hijacked it at least that was in the first like few minutes of it i felt, I felt um, so bad yeah if you're listening you don't know what we're talking about so on, on our twitch channel we hosted the playstation reveal there's there's some of us there we're reacting to it to every commercial and stuff in the middle of the day and then jessica our our stream team captain was like oh i'm gonna stream it's my time to stream and we had like miscommunications so she just like completely hijacked the channel and and took over the stream (sighs) and then after that it was just you me and i think mark that was yeah yeah but it was was, but it was fun it was fun and I think concentrating these these wider events onto a shorter amount of days, like that's what Gen Con's thing is. Like it's the four best days in gaming. Yeah. Like this is like their E three is just that for video gaming. Yeah. And um, it's like, become a like you said a slog of announcements that get lost in the yeah. Uh, well, it sucks <laughs> because it hasn't been like concentrated right in in one mm-hmm. in one piece. It's just been. And and then people like companies are taking advantage of it. Like um, these events are hard work and they're like torture for them sometimes, right? They're like, oh, we're doing all this other work now. We also have to prepare for this conference. Some, sometimes they spend hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars to to put on these presentations. So everybody's like taking a break, <laughs> which which I'm I'm okay with too, right? But the hype level is just is just not there. But the idea that these conferences, these events, and even just the infrastructure, like we have a Discord and we have the Twitch channel and we have all these things like we already have that there, right? Like the idea that all of these different um, conferences, they're all doing something different. They don't know what to do. Some are doing webinars. Like you mentioned a Gen Con panel that um, Woody Harris was on and they didn't do it as a Zoom webinar. They did it as a Zoom meeting, right? Mm -hmm. Which meant that you could just see everybody's face who was there, which... I don't know what's better or worse, right? But if you're not controlling it, right, then you have people hijacking from the audience where they're like, right. hey, my name is this when the panelists are introducing themselves. <laughs> Which I get the idea of wanting to do that. Sometimes the the webinar view where you have Q&A and chat doesn't feel as personal as being able to speak and ask a question and and have that personal connection with the person presenting. You can still do that though on a webinar. You can bring people in. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. but that's the other thing, right? Like people don't know how to use the platforms, they're using them right. differently and I don't know. I mean, I get it. We're all figuring it out. There's just and I I I like this on the one hand, right? I'm just 
like the quality of it everybody's trying to figure it out mm-hmm. not everybody has cool podcasting microphones like we do mm-hmm. no um i've yeah yeah and i don't know but on, on the other hand I've, i'm also like zoomed out like I, I really at first i was like yeah zoom everything and i'm signing up for tons of events and then i just i can't i don't want to do it so i didn't i, I did didn't a, go to I a single a f- you didn't go to a single thing at Gen Con, huh? Or Comic Con at home. Nothing. Uh-huh. I didn't even bother to sign in. For Comic Con at home, I was so excited at the beginning. I was like, this is a great problem to have. Because normally when I go to San Diego Comic Con, all the panels I want to go to are at the same time. Or they're at the <laughs> library, and I don't want to walk in the San Diego heat all the way to the library to go to the panels. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. yes, I'm going to finally get to see the ones that I don't normally get to see. And I can see all the panels. But the problem is, oh, no, I can see all of the panels. <laughs> I don't have time to watch all of that. Yeah. Um, and yet I found time during Gen Con to watch a four-hour panel <laughs> on uh, how to make a great actual play podcast. Ooh. And I only ended up... Any tips for Brandon? Four hours. Um... <laughs> Half-assed audio <laughs> makes for a half-assed listening experience. <laughs> That's I hope that was said. what he was repeated for four hours. Was that it? Kind of. Kind of. Um, yeah. But it was, it was interesting watching them play. But the thing is that they were all actors, so they knew what they were doing. Um, someone said, "Don't if you don't want voices, don't get into voice." It was a good panel. It was. I did That's not like, watch all four hours. I watched like three hours of it, and then I was like, "I, I can't anymore." That's like going <laughs> to a karaoke with a singer, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, ah, like I don't know. That's why. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but there was a lot of tips on like how to keep combat going and what to edit out and and that kind of stuff. Um, and the reason the panel was so long is because they were actually playing and then stopping and explaining what they were doing in gotcha. and how they would do it in, in post to edit it. You saw so, all four hours of it? Three hours. I only three watched hours? three hours. And then I was like, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. enough. Yeah. That's, a, that's enough. Huh. Uh, but that Gen, was Con, Gen Con really bummed me out because I moved to Chicago and that was one of the things that I was like, oh, I'm really close to Gen Con. I don't have to, I can just drive over. I don't have to, <laughs> it's not mm-hmm. going to be too bad. Um, Cause a few years ago I, I, I had to say no to Gen Con um, because it was just, I, I couldn't afford it. But now I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to be able to get nothing. No. Psych. No. Psych. Oh, man. I got me some good Gen Con merch. <laughs> got me some good Gen Con merch so that I can um, prove that I went, went to Gen Con once. Yeah. Yeah. I went to I went to C2E2. So I moved to Chicago. I I arrived here on a Thursday night. And mm-hmm. then Friday, Saturday, Sunday was C2E2, which I I believe is a read pop. So it's like it's a it's a big It convention. is read pop. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so it's a big um comic convention. That uh, and Pax East were the last like conventions before everything shut down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I got to go to C2E2 and I saw all my friends in Chicago. <laughs> so everybody except Mark and then I saw Mark the, the week after um, I wanted to like, like the reasons why I, you know some of the reasons why I wanted to come to Chicago and yeah I couldn't 
I'm, I'm glad I did that because I didn't you know. You got a tiny window of opportunity to make those dreams come true before they were smashed to dust. Yep, I saw all Un- my friends. Unlike my, my dreams were smashed to dust. I was going to go to Emerald City Comic Con for the first smashed time. Smashed to dust. And, and um, <laughs> we were thinking about doing it up until a week before. And then I remember. they canceled it like right after. And I was like, damn. You were like, I don't know. I feel like we could make it work. And well, then it's like four days before you're like, time, yeah, no. 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 <laughs> at that point in time, I still feel like they, if they pushed through, maybe we wouldn't. I don't know. And then shelter in place after everybody. Yeah. But yeah, no, I could not see something like that happening it now. Was... And the, the funny thing is they postponed to August and then uh-huh. now they've had to cancel it. But the problem with that is it's convention centers and they have to try and keep their contracts with convention centers. Mm-hmm. So they have to wait till the last second to cancel. Yeah. I remember, I mean, it was back in March when, when we talked about Comic-Con and you were like, there's no way they're canceling Comic-Con. I, I like, didn't say oh, no way. I said, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, that's four months away. Back yeah. then it wasn't no way. No yeah. way. Yeah. They would yeah. never lose all of that good big dollar bills and then now we're like oh <laughs> I, know, I know yeah you know i wanted to do um one of the perks of being here in chicago is that there's so many members of the community here i had come to present here many times we like o'connor taught a class that we co-developed um i would always guest lecture on it like there was there was there was a lot of chicago um geek therapy stuff and so i hoped to do like a one-day conference or a virtual conference but now that everything's a virtual conference i don't want to do a virtual conference right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah because like, oh. everyone's zoomed out i'm zoomed out i mean I, I assume everybody else is zoomed out but yeah i mean I, I don't know if i brought this up but i like at work i use the same setup that i use for twitch and for podcasting and everything and my, my i told my boss one day i was like I feel weird that I'm like I've got like a, a fancy camera and like a microphone and stuff. I don't want, I don't want to stand out. I think I'm gonna stop. I'm just gonna use my crappy camera and like use my my earbuds. She was like, "No, please no. don't do that. You're the only person that I speak to every day that I can see clearly and hear clearly." I was like, "Oh yeah, it's a." What is the Zoom fatigue? Right, I think mm-hmm. is is a, a real thing. And so when like. I pay money for something or I, or I sign up for something additional. And then it's, it's, it's like crappy quality. Like even when I FaceTime with my parents, like that looks and sounds better than most meetings. Right. Because like, like FaceTime is just like good quality. Right. Like, like the camera is good. Mm-hmm. Like it's like fine tuned to be like the best that, that you can, that you can have on uh, with like, without any preparation. And there is, yeah, there's something about zoom fatigue that is, that is real. And, uh, I'm definitely feeling it. Definitely feeling that. Again, it's not it's not even for me anyway. It's not so much being in front of the computer. It's it's the like, huh, I can't hear you. The the choppiness, the and, and well, all the rest and, of it. and the 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 amount of time it takes the sig- the signals that you're taking in to get to your brain and process. It's harder to process it when it's lagged and and crappy quality well that, yeah and, i mean and you're getting less information because mm-hmm. you don't have full body view yeah mm-hmm. i don't remember what people's bodies look like people <laughs> like, have like just in general body 
Yeah, like bodies, whatever, whatever. Like every now and then someone in a meeting will like stand up and walk away. And I'm like, oh, they have legs, right? Or like, right. <laughs> Forgot about that. <laughs> it is, it is yeah. uh, quite the experience. But yeah, I don't. So Yeah, I, I think for me, like I'm only using Zoom to hang out with friends and then mm-hmm. recording with you guys here like yeah. this. I'm not doing like meetings and stuff for work and I'm not doing the um, online conventions and, and everything. So I'm not feeling the fatigue in the same way. But I think that that's definitely part of it is I'm I am using this this piece of technology in a very specific way instead of trying to apply it to a whole bunch of different things, which is what is happening right now. To everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Which is why, so I sit in front of my camera eight hours a day, four days a week with clients, and then two on Fridays. Um, and sometimes I have a Zoom thing on the weekends. Sometimes I don't. When we are doing something, like if I have a, conference like a work thing i'm doing a training i'll sit in the office just like i would for work um i did some of that because you know nina was doing stuff in the other room and couldn't be disrupted while gen con or comic con's going on but usually we will hook my laptop up to the tv with hdmi cable and use the tv for things so it's a little different uh, so we we'll do that for family Zooms. We'll do that for, uh, well, I didn't have to for uh, Gen Con because there were some Twitch things. So I just put it on the TV on Twitch. Um, and that makes it a little different. And the sound will come through my sound bar, which better quality sound. <laughs> so that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. What a, The world keeps getting weirder and weirder. Mm-hmm. Um. Yep, but it it it's true. It's true. Link, like we're trying to do everything on Zoom. Some of us, anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't interacted with anyone that wasn't on the phone or Zoom really, other than a couple people in my building. Like the people downstairs, literally haven't I haven't left my building in, in weeks. Uh, I walked out the other day to go to a mailbox. I did do that. Yeah. I know. Brave. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that's not everybody's experience, but but yeah, I mean it's it's uh it's it sure is something. And yeah, I mean, you know, we're always talking about therapy and education here and all of that has shifted completely or almost completely to to online. And not not entirely, right? Like some schools like some schools just reopened. I saw some videos of kids going back to school and um we spoke to Brandon Saxon the other day and he was saying that he was still seeing some clients live in person, but they've got masks on <laughs> right yeah. in the, in the office. So, but for the, for vast majority, right. Especially things that are, that are large numbers. We're doing this and yeah, I think, I, I don't know if we did justice to touching on the, the pros, but I think, I think that, yeah, there's, there's a lot of benefits and there's ways to do it. I think that the flexibility part, I don't know if we touched enough on that, but yeah, just being able to do it on your own time is mm-hmm. really good because. Especially if they record the the live things and let you watch it later. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm well, and that's something that, you know, hopefully for a lot of these larger conferences have had been doing anyways. Um, they weren't though. 
they weren't well yeah. immediately Except comes for, to like, mind is, is, is GDC yeah. and GDC mm-hmm. records yeah. a bunch of stuff but then they put it in the vaults and so it's like unless you paid the like thousand dollar ticket price to go to GDC in person but that's a professional um, conference right or, so, so again, GDC, yes it, it is an industry yeah. an industry yeah. conference but still like that's ridiculous amount of money and now you have this this thing where it's like you know gosh last year they couldn't do it because the moscone center got closed something like that anyways moscone center or something yeah Mm -hmm. it's it's just it's been a mess and it's like a bunch of people asking like what what is the benefit of having this in person versus going full online and if we go full online having to reassess their entire system of disseminating that stuff of communicating what they have to people they can't just depend on like you'll show up to gdc and you'll see what is out there instead they have to be like okay how do we get our web page to direct people to the things that they actually want to see are trying to find and there's all these moving pieces that we are in some ways trying to move from an in-person space into an online space which has you know a bunch of confusing aspects to it but also in a lot of ways we're just trying to create a whole new thing because you Mm -hmm. you can't translate and that whatever in person to whatever online and you know in some ways it's like there's a lot of like bad decision making going on and we we get to witness that and then there's a lot of people who are just like i'm going to try this and see if yeah. it works and that's cool to see that sort of experimentation but it definitely does come down to like we are trying to figure out how to have large social interactions without physical presence and that is hard yeah mm-hmm. that's like um well, wwdc happened which is a apple mm-hmm. worldwide developers conference i just remember because you were talking about gdc and that's another event that i've never been to but i always watch the the keynote um conference um and then they they have all these other trainings which have always been available online in one way or another because it because it, it is educational similar to gdc it's like a professional thing it like it benefits you professionally so your 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 office is willing to <laughs> pay for it right there's yeah. there's training and wwdc is the same way apple is teaching developers all how to do things from from like beginner level and then access to engineers and so like they had a lot more um access to their to their instructors and i work at a university now and we're looking at a hybrid model right where the idea is that like it's going to happen both both ways like professors who want to be in the classroom everything is recorded you can access it because like we're in the we are in the middle of a pandemic (laughs) right there are Mm -hmm. these goals that we can still accomplish which again i think education wise i think we can still do it i think we're doing therapy fine right i mean telehealth has Mm -hmm. existed for decades it's not something new I used to do it in my practice when I when I worked in in um, in uh, in hospitals and in and in uh, the medical field. This is something that was just it was just common practice. It was something that was built in. Now everybody else is like trying to catch up. <laughs> Everybody's like twenty years mm-hmm. behind and trying to catch up. But it is it is that social component that is getting um, harder. I feel right. I feel like similar to you, Link. I'm like like I'm already. Ca- most of my friends were far away anyway. 
I moved to Chicago closer to some of my friends, but I only had access to them for two weeks, <laughs> right? So I went for two weeks. I could I could see them, and I I think Mark is the only one that I saw. Like we went and like we had lunch, <laughs> we mm-hmm. went and we had sushi, and we were like face to face for 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 a couple hours and walked around. But in general, like now I'm back to all my friendships being long distance. My family's long distance, so this hasn't been a hard adjustment for me. But I can imagine how hard it is for for lots of other people. But I feel connected, right? Plus, the geek therapy community, like I, I, I that we are, we already had that built in, right? So that's where I go. Like I go to the Discord, right? Like I go check things out. We've got like that Facebook group keeps growing, right? The people keep finding us. There's something about that that is comforting, and so like we didn't lose that, and and that's primarily how we function. I can't imagine having been a local meetup group <laughs> that all of a sudden mm-hmm. we have a pandemic and then we're like, nope, we can't do this anymore. We're going to have to find another way and then figure that out from, from scratch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing and, that and I knowing. think is missing. Oh. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, one thing that's missing from some of these online things, you say comic con is mostly a fan event, but it is an industry event and has been an industry event. And so yeah. All those networking, those business dinners, the, all the all the stuff where the the pros are meeting each other and collaborating on what new project they're going to work on, and, and this exciting new comic or this exciting new show or whatever it is, it doesn't happen. Um, and that's a thing that is missed in in the online space. Um, well, it's harder. I, I would say it's harder. It's harder. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's it's like it's a random part again, right? It's like oh, I met this artist at the line to go buy some chicken tenders, some $20 chicken tenders, right? Because mm-hmm. I liked the art on their shirt and I asked them where they got it. Like, oh, I drew this. And then boom, boom, boom. Like you have that interaction. That can still happen. Mm-hmm. And it happens all the time on social media and online. Oh, yeah. But it's, but that that particular one that could have happened <laughs> there isn't going to happen. You, you have to build yeah. other ones. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you look at the, there's more, you want to talk about pros. There's another pro, like looking at just the Cartoon Art Museum, Normally, they make take home about fifteen hundred dollars from their sketchathon from Comic Con after costs for sending staff down there. This year, they made over seven thousand um, dollars mm-hmm. from moving their their sketchathon online. So there's a lot a lot more access to a lot for a lot more people, and I don't know. I feel like those exclusives got snapped up real quick <laughs> um, uh, and check. resold on eBay in like no time. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know you guys already touched on this earlier, but accessibility is definitely a big part of it. Um, having, in a lot of cases, more accessibility. I'm always mm-hmm. going to be on that side. But yeah. we are definitely in this transition period where we are trying to figure out how to replace the kinds of experiences we were having in person with something equivalent online that feels as meaningful as it does in person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Because these these conventions they would they wouldn't have lived as long and you know, it's expensive to put a convention together. It is expensive to get people there and and everything mm-hmm. running and on time and all of that stuff. It's like it is not an easy task to make a convention happen. So obviously there there is an, a return on investment there. We've already talked about, you know, sales from whatever uh, vendors are there, people making networking connections, all of those have benefits to it. 
But obviously, a big part of the benefit for many people has been the in-person socialization Mm -hmm. and having that face-to-face time and having that physicality and moving around an area that is like, this is what we're all here for, is being in this space. And so clearly, that that is a very meaningful aspect of these conventions and why they exist. So trying to figure out how to take that meaningful aspect and and maintain it as you shift to a fully online system is like that's I think that's the the balancing act we're trying to figure out here is um how to keep having these kinds of events post COVID and not have them feel like sad and meaningless. <laughs> Yeah. Right, like how to bottle <laughs> that electricity, that vibe that you get in the room with all of these fans of whatever it is, whether it's the big convention center hall or the individual panel rooms that are there for that topic, and just bottle that and put it on the internet. Like, how do you do that? Yeah. And whoever figures that out is a hero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... It's hard to recreate the energy of a room Mm -hmm. and like the roaring applause and the laughter and things like that. Um, Although baseball is trying. (laughs) (laughs) I can't deal with the cardboard cutouts. It is, it is. I love it so much. Every time I tell people, they're like, is that true? I'm like, Google it. Just, just take a moment, Google it. You're not going to stop thinking about it until you do. You, you pay for one and then you get it at the end of the season. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be great yeah i have i did not pay to get one I'm look just great. lean into the absurdity that is 2020 year 2020 yep, yep. no just i'm i, I love, go with it i love <laughs> i love the weirdness i love the one weirdness. of my one of my favorite uh gen con purchases that i made is a shirt that says 2020 just roll with it with two critical fails and then yeah 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 i love it so much <laughs> Yep, yep, yep. Um, yeah, but like that energy you can't do. But I th- I still think that the, like, I mean, I, I think that's impossible, almost impossible to recreate. I mean, like if you go on Twitch and you go on certain things, like there there are moments where you can kind of feel like, oh, like everybody is cheering somebody on or everybody is egging somebody on. And online, like you, it's not the same, but you can feel it, right? It's like, oh, we're all reacting yeah. to something together. We're all in this together and we're live and, and there's something about that. So I think I think we can get a little bit, like we can move in that direction. But the the other part is as 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 great as that huge energy is, everything is still intimate. Like it's me and the people who I'm waiting in line with. It's not really mm-hmm. me and a thousand people. Like there's an energy to it, but like the people I'm connecting to are the people right next to me. And in most cases, the person in front of in front of you in line that's playing something on their switch, and you're like, "Oh, are you playing that new game?" And like, (laughs) spark up the conversation, right, right. Or the person like, "Yeah, you're like high fiving them in in an event, and you don't know them." Like, like, but all of those things are intimate, and they happen like one on one. And I still, and I think that those things can happen online, and they're they're again, there isn't the spontaneity is different, the randomness is different, but you can still have those experiences those like one-on-one experiences if you're willing to have them because i yeah i totally agree yeah i think at the beginning people were so resistant or like everybody i could see people were just very resistant to being online and doing these things i'm like but open up to it like and you can do there are things like um like i know house party was big at the beginning like omegle is one of those like 
just random, like, right, meet people, like, randomly, right? Like, there's all of these different sites and things that people are doing. What happened? Sorry, you just, whew, yeah, I hadn't thought happened? about Omegle in a really long time. Yeah, but, like, <laughs> just, people, yeah, but, like, <laughs> but, like people, people are, are looking for, like, stuff, right? Just, just to meet random people. Like, uh, yeah. I, I work in Slack. I mean, we, we all use Slack. But um, at work, I use Slack, too. And we have a, um, there's a plugin that I haven't, I haven't used, but I've, like, I've asked people, like, that'll just like randomly set people up for lunch dates right it's like if you're if you agree to that it's like hey like mm-hmm. everybody in the team like, and then you know it's like okay hey it's you and me link you know for lunch on wednesday is that cool it's like yeah let's do that because people like i get it people like need a little maybe a little bit more help to to have those random um encounters or or experiences but they can but they can happen maybe they take a little bit more work but it's still possible yeah i think I mean, I th- I think it's it's you know we've we've mediated it instead of doing it in person and we're communicating with our our physical distance and movements from each other the way our face moves the the sound of our voice our tone all of that is how we're communicating mediating it through a camera through a Twitch chat whatever technological means is we can still have all those same kind of emotional social connections with other people. It's just because it's mediated, we need to sort of change our expectations. It's not not to say that it's we should lower them, that it's going to be worse, but just recognize that it is different. And so the way you've lived your whole life communicating with people in person all of those skills you've built up aren't necessarily going to be a one-to-one transfer into online communication and interacting. And so we're all just sort of trying to figure out like what are the rules of socializing in these online spaces, which are very distinct from each other. You know, looking at Twitter, looking at uh, TikTok, looking at Twitch chat, um, you know, people uh, streaming on chat uh, on on Twitch, <laughs> and there are people chatting back with them, and those kinds of communications where they're they're totally um, different communications for you know seeing a face versus just text. All of that stuff matters. All of that stuff is impacting um, the way you're engaging with it, the way you're receiving stuff. And so I think a big part of it is just recognizing we're we're trying new stuff to see what what works for us and what doesn't work for us and it's that's what that's what it is some of it's gonna work and some of it is is could be a real big bummer <laughs> yeah and i mean socializing i think is the hardest part mm-hmm. um dating like doing things like that is like how do how do you do all that but the truth is it's 2020 we've been doing stuff online for years and i remember at the beginning of this a student from a business school was like like Oh, like I came to business school to learn how to network and, and, and meet people and do all these things. And then like, how is, how, how are like businesses going to run? And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute. We live in a global economy. People work, uh, you, like you may meet someone in person, but then you're going to interact with them probably mostly over the phone or online. And like, that's a skill that you need to learn regardless. That's not something. So again, like a lot of resistance still to a lot of this stuff and, I think I think more and more people are opening up to it because they have no other choice. <laughs> they had to give it a try. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. And I'm seeing this across many different um, 
fields and industries. And again, like the Nintendo thing from before, right? It was like Nintendo started doing those pre-recorded sessions years ago, and now everybody had to do them now or look like uh-huh. an idiot, right? <laughs> and then it was like people were like, up. oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah, exactly. So I think I think people are, I don't, yeah, I don't think it's so much people may be individually discovering, but I think we were we were here. We have the tools for them. There's a like a just a need for openness and. Um, catching up to other people who are doing this too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a weird And just trying to make sure that everybody actually has access to this technology and internet and cameras and all of the things that are absolutely going to become norms for socializing in the next decade. It's like, yep. we gotta, we gotta, we gotta get everybody on here. If you didn't have them before, it's less likely that you have them now, unfortunately. But, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That part isn't getting much better. No. Not yet, anyway. Not yet. Yep. But it is 2020, and we're, we're moving. Eat what a weird ranch. year. Just what a weird year. Mm-hmm. I can't. Oh, man. What a weird Just year. Just bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird year. All right. Well, good topic, uh, Lara. Mm-hmm. It's such a big mm-hmm. part of uh, of our lives now. It's crazy. We hadn't talked about it before. Um, link it to your turn next week. Reminder. It is. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of GT Radio. For more Geek Therapy, visit geektherapy.com. Remember, we have community spaces, including our Twitch channel, where we're streaming now at least. We're, we're, we've been consistently streaming four times a week. And if Nate yeah. is going to jump on there and, and start and start streaming too, Every now and then, that's even more. We did five last week, I think, because we did a co-op session. Anyway, so we're, Heck yeah. you know, we're on Twitch, Woo! live chat there, uh, and then we've got the forum, we got the Discord, we got the Facebook group, and yeah. Any questions about socializing online? I feel pretty good about it. I'm figuring out some stuff, but um, but I think again to the story of of uh, the three of us, right? Like we met online through mm-hmm. these different things we like, link had you know like the audacity to to contact me <laughs> on twitter and and so did lara's <laughs> lara's wife and and that's how and that's how we all got together and i was telling someone last week it was actually actually nina the um, lara's wife got me in mm-hmm. touch with uh with uh, an intern from the an museum intern. yeah and i was talking to them and i told them that i was like just reach out to people just like if there's somebody you want to talk to just like dm them message them like if people are are publicly available like that's that's why we're there that's why it's social media right like there it's not weird if someone reaches out to you and says something and um yeah i mean make connections it's it's uh it's happening every day all day <laughs> that's it for this episode remember to geek out and do good yep we'll be back next week This episode was brought to you in part by our Patreon supporters. We'd like to say a very special thank you to our supporters at the evangelist level and above, including Mark, Booney, Lydia, Jamila, Adam, Doe, Gay, Pat, and Joe Lynn. To learn more about how to support Geek Therapy and gain access to exclusive content, visit patreon.com slash geektherapy.